You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 247, that's right, of the Black Eagles podcast. And I'm your host, Sinan Schwartz, live from New York City, where it has rained for like three or four days. Um, maybe, you know, folks have heard about that hurricane down in Florida. I think maybe we're getting the remnants of it, uh, which is, you know, not so bad compared to what they went through, obviously. But, again, sort of reminiscent of our situation, the storm brewing, I'm not so sure how much of it's performance-based, is on our coach, or uh, how we're playing, or what we're doing, or how much of it is concocted by fans. And certain segments of the uh, the club's media, and I don't mean the clubs as in like the media that they control, but you know, folks who who brand themselves Besiktas uh, media with their fancy names and whatnot, and um, and then you know use their podium to to push various agendas. So I don't know you know who's who's brewing up the storm per se or what. But certainly, uh, there's, you know, once again, you have people clamoring for change. People want Shenol Gunesh back, Sergen Yeltsin. But you know, meanwhile, amidst all of that, uh, there was a pretty big match this week. So yeah, welcome, folks. Let's talk about Besiktas and Fenerbahce. As of right now. Yeah, pretty big match. Um, a, a huge derby, of course. Hosting. Fenerbahce, always a big deal. Uh, so we'll talk about their form a little bit. I think that's you know that's usually how we do it. We'll stick to our format, and they're on pretty good form. Um, last match for them was a, a five to nil drubbing of Alanya Spor. I think we could have fantasized about doing the same, not for some refereeing um, that got in the way. You know, refereeing in quotes for those obviously no one could see me so. I have to illustrate that with my voice. Uh, but so yeah, prior to that, they um, had a draw against Rennes, you know, the French team. A, a pretty, I think for them, heartening comeback draw. They were down 2-0 and came back and drew level. Uh, prior to that, they had defeated Dynamo Kiev, you know, kind of a boogeyman for them. So they would have been quite pleased with that. Uh, then before that, they defeated Kayseri 2-0. Um, their only real slip-up thus far was a loss to Konyaspor, nil to one. Prior to that, they had defeated Austria Vienna four to one. They had beaten Adana Demir four to two. Austria Vienna they beat nil to two. Kasim Pasha they defeated nil to six. Umbrania they drew three to three. 
Slovacko, they defeated three to nil. By the way, that was obviously a bit of a slip up. Anyway, you're, you're getting the drift here, right? They're, they're almost systemically scoring at least two goals a match. More often than not, three. Uh, we've seen a four, a five, and a six goal outing for them. Um, yeah. Pretty intimidating stuff, no doubt. Especially when you look at a Besiktas side where our strength is our defense in some ways, right? We're only allowing like two, two shots on goal per match, <coughs> which in and of itself is fairly impressive. But of course, you know, and, and whatever you're chalking it up to, bad luck, uh, like just a, a weird gluttony of wonder goals that we that were scored against us, or some poor. Uh, goalkeeping, you know, lots of fingers to be pointed, but it's not in the sort of defense itself. Very few chances afforded to our opponents, uh, but they've been putting them away. Sorry for that backing up, you know, bust or whatever it is out there. Um, so it's an interesting, you know, it would be an interesting duel, you'd imagine, where you have one side scoring about as easily as they possibly can. My god, that is no, that's like a different thing backing up now. I guess this is. Talk about systemic. Quite annoying. It's like a garbage truck. Um, hopefully it doesn't pick up. You guys just all think I'm going crazy. Um, I don't know why that's a hopeful scenario, but anyhow. So um, what we've got is a classic show-off, showdown. <laughs> Whoops. Um, and so you have a great offensive team scoring at will, and a and a good defensive side. Allowing too many goals, you know, per X, according to XG and all that, but nonetheless, um, solid in the back. So, like, who who breaks? Who breaks form here, right? That's the question. You could definitely make the argument that on our side, despite playing fairly solid defense for the most part, we had had we've underwhelmed, right? The draw to Istanbul Sport, heartbreaking. The loss to Basakja here, even more so. We beat Ankara Guja, but allowed them to score twice. Let's talk about flukes. Um, we even allowed Sivas, Fatih Kalergumruk to each score once. All fluky goals. I mean, we don't even have to talk about the Alanya Sport match. <coughs> and, you know, what it all speaks to uh, as far as our scoring is that it, it was hot for a minute, but it fell off, right? We didn't score against Bashakshi here. We did actually put some goals in the back of the net versus Istanbul Spore, but not as easily as we would have liked. And then, of course, it came back to bite us in the end when we, uh, well, allowed them to come back into the match. But, so, the big question mark is like, what do we produce offensively? Do we produce offensively? And that's been a struggle. And I think for a lot of folks out there, that's squarely on our coach, Valerian Ismail. Um, people think his tactic isn't suited to, you know, the way Besiktas should play or whatever, whatever it is. I mean, there's an argument to be made, no doubt. I mean, in my honest opinion, I think building a solid foundation in the back is where you should be starting any project for the most part. Can always create goals in the Super League given the gulf in quality between your side and the majority of your opponents. 
What you need to be able to do is, is prevent your opponents from scoring, and that has been a struggle of ours for some time. And like even you know even this year, we just lacked this one or one or two pieces. You know, like a good fullback, a, always that second central defender. There's always the one guy who doesn't kind of takes the shine off of the better defender. So it all puts to you know puts the question to to us that like you know do we. First of all, via the Tayyip Talha Sanuj, do we have the answer? And I think a lot of us thought we might, which would pretty much solve our woes on the in the back if he is the answer. And what are we going to produce offensively? Are we going to show up as we have on occasion, right? Like against Ankara Guju or Fatih Karagumru, or not, like we did against Bashakshi here the second half last week. And against some others thus far in the season. I mean, it's not really been a major issue, but of late, right, going down a few players, Gazal especially, of course, that's been a problem for some time, even pre-Valelia. Um, you know, we over-rely on, on Rashid Gazal's creativity. But in theory, we have some some solutions now beyond him. He's a V. Nathan Redmond, Vout Veghorst, of course, um, Nkudu, but he was injured this week, uh, injured on international duty. Uh, Redmond also had a broken hand, but they, they put him in a cast. Dela Ali, right? There's a guy who could solve some of the, the problems, take some of the pressure off of Gazal. But he also has not had been, really had the chance to settle only his second appearance after his unfortunately timed injury. So what does that mean, right? Like that, that was, I think those, those are the questions going into the match. How do we fare against a very strong attacking side defensively? Can we hold up and show some of the strength we've seen? Uh, and is Mr. Sanuch the, the solution? And what do we do offensively? Do we have what it takes? And you'd get mixed answers on all fronts, I suppose you could say. So let's dive into this match, shall we? <coughs> Apologies for the coughing. I'm going to cough a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm a little sick. I'm at the trail end of it. But so that's why uh, I'm not really editing out the coughs. There's there are too many to edit. But so yeah, let's talk about our um, our head to head with Fena, I guess you know for a little historicity. In the last 30 matches, that's what my app here has. Uh, Fena has won 11, we've won seven, and we've drawn 12. So the draw is the most likely outcome between us and Fener, historically. Though they have the slight advantage if if it ends with someone winning, someone pulling the whole, all three points. I mean, we've won 23%, they've won 37% of these last 30 matches. So, you know, this is one of those rare head-to-heads that does not go in our favor. Uh, but there it is, that, that's just the reality of it. So let's talk about this match, shall we? So first of all, the the, the lineups, right? Uh, Ersin Destanolo on the back, right in the goal. Tayyip Talha Sanuch next to Romain Saiz on the back line. Valentin Rosier opposite Arthur Masuaku as our fullbacks. Sali Uchan and Joseph Tesuza both back in the midfield with Dele Ali set up ahead of them that you would have expected to some extent. <coughs> you might have expected Sally to play a little bit more forward 
relative to Jose. But, you know, um, in a game against a side, like I said, who, who are scoring as prolifically as Fener were coming into this. And I'll say more on that in a moment. Uh, I guess, you know, you could see Sally staying back a little more than he would have liked, or we would have liked. Uh, Muleka on the wing opposite Nathan Redmond, who's playing despite the broken hand, and Wout Weghorst up top. For Fener, you have Altai Bayender in the back. Attila Jalai on the back line with Gustavo Enrique and Serdar Aziz, so a three-man back line for Fener, which is interesting. You had Lincoln as their sort of left wing back slash left midfielder, and Ferdi Cariolo as the right wing back slash right mid. William Arau in the middle next to Miguel Crespo with Irfan Jan Kaveji up, up ahead of them a little bit. And then Joao Pedro and Ener Valencia sort of set further ahead. What's, I guess, particularly interesting about this formation is it's the, it was the dream formation of none other than Valeria Ismail until the fans pretty much almost had him fired for even suggesting it. So yeah, you know, whatever, there it is. Fener trots out the 3-4-1-2 that we were, uh, we did not permit our manager to do going into this season. A little bit of irony there, perhaps. But, uh, let's, let's talk about the match a little bit. And so one other note that I think needs to be mentioned relative to Fener's prowess in scoring thus far. 538, um, an organization notoriously bad at predicting things. Um, they have screwed up on a number of elections around the world, poorly predicting outcomes, such as like when Trump first won and whatever. Anyway, they pride themselves on these like detailed, in-depth statistical analyses type things. And they've recently somehow decided to go into the world of football and they've started laying out predictions for like all the leagues based on all these detailed analysis. So somehow they decided that, you know, this is coming into our match, that Fenner had a 49% chance of winning the title. And it's predominantly based on XG. So again, right, we talked about how many goals they're scoring. And so they've obviously put quite a bit of weight on that. But so, I mean, all of this is to say that every single statistic out there suggests that Fenner is very likely to score a bunch. So our challenge... It's going to be preventing that. And I think a lot of folks know why I'm mentioning all this. So, the match begins. First real highlight is in the eighth minute, Attila Jalai finds Ener Valencia, who turns quite well. Um, I'll be honest here, it's Tayyip, who uh, is slightly slow to react here, but I think this was his kind of like, oh, hey, this is the pace of a derby. This is... You gotta really, you know, you can't, you can't allow anything in this type of match because anything can result in tragedy, and it nearly did. And Ener Valencia with a nice turn, um, Tayep was a little slow to step forward, and Ener Valencia sends the ball just wide and a lovely curling effort to his defense. In truth, Ersin may have gotten there regardless, though, if, if it hadn't gone wide, because he really laid out well. Um, and I think he might have at least been able to like steer it, whether enough, that's another question. 
we've seen tragedies, right? That Istanbul's where he gets enough on it, but then pushes it into the post and then back onto him. And anyway, so it's good that we didn't have to rely on anything like that. But sure enough, um, the next real chance would again. No, actually no. This one would fall <laughs> to Besiktas. A goal. Um, Dele Ali with a lovely ball, seemingly, into the path of Vout Veghorst. Sorry, into the path of Vout Veghorst, who like jumps back onside and then makes the run but like he's a little too giddy i think rather than like the jump he might have done it like taking like three seconds got to count to three and then make the run uh, but he got he jumps just a little too fast and he's offside it turns out but he did well with the, like he gets collects the ball makes a nice run with it and then sends it in with power low kind of like in between three guys including the keeper to find the back of the net so it was actually a lovely finish from him and a real shame that it wasn't a goal. And I, like, if you look at the replay, I can't underscore how close it actually ended up being, too. Like, that little kind of move he made to get onside was almost enough. Delay it, sir, in your gold. Um, but so, moving along, 20th minute, the next highlight would go to Fener. And it's Ferdi dribbling along, along the right side. He doesn't do much with it, however. Joseph does pretty decently to cut it out. Unfortunately, a bad luck bounce. Sends it off of Masuaku, who then sends it somehow. I mean, again, it's just a bounce. Right into the path of Ferdi, who gets it back. Finds Miguel Crespo kind of in the middle of the box. Nicely actually locates him. Crespo sends in a shot. Tayyip Talha Sanuch with the big block. But... Um, the bad luck again on, on the sort of bounce back. It comes right back to Miguel Crespo. Uh, he's like too slow to respond on this one. And it's a shot on goal. However. It's uh, saved quite well by Ersin Destanolu. Well, dramatic pause for you folks out there. 30th minute, a corner kick. It's Arthur Masuaku finding... Altai Bayander punches it out. I mean, there's a big a bit of a scrum in there. Punches that into the path of Sally Uchan, who really slickly, like a one-touch volley, perfectly into the path of Romain Sice's head. And it's like, oh, literally just as close as the Ener Valencia chance. Um, just the wrong side of the post. Delicate little touch. Could have been, could have given us the lead again. But so, you know, if anyone's counting, you know, despite talk of Fener dominating the first 70 minutes, you know, um, their coach said that, a lot of our disgruntled fans said that. If you're counting, it's two to two in terms of, like, actually legit chances. They did some flashy things with the ball, but we cut them out with relative ease. Uh, gave them very little to work with, actually. Um, but so, let's keep going. 30th minute, Aneta Valencia with a really nice, uh, run like on the counter to our near miss by the way that we i just talked about and then he forced erson into a i mean the angle was rough but still erson does well like not letting it go through his legs you know being kind of sturdy if you will uh and it's a save and then two minutes later oh, this was nathan redmond actually slides dele alian perfectly and if he Gets the right touch, because it's kind of a one touch. I don't think he quite does. If he like sends it with a little loft, he probably finds Vout Dijkhorst, who's wide open right there, and it's a goal. Uh, instead, he might have gone for the goal. It was a tight angle. I mean, still relatively effective, but 
Altype saves it. And then they don't give us a corner, which, you know. I mean, the ref had done a pretty bad job here. And, you know, that kind of underscored it. It was little things like that. Um, they didn't call, like, Attila Jala had a really nasty shove of, uh, I think it was Rosie, or I don't know, maybe Muleka. I don't remember. Someone along the right side. <coughs> and they didn't. I didn't even. I don't even think they deemed it a foul, much less a, a card, which it should have been. Um, but so you know, like just overlooking some things, but like not the worst performance relative to what we've seen thus far, anyway. Uh, but so anyway, that would be it for the half. Three good chances each now. Um, so there's your dominant spell for, or most of your dominant spell from Fenner right there. And uh, three good chances apiece going into the half. In the 54th minute, oh, I guess, no, I should mention, also in that first half, Miguel Crespo got a yellow card in the 42nd minute, Arthur Masuaku got one in the 45th minute. So the second half, it was a bit of a tentative start to the second half. Yeah, again, in the supposed spell of dominance for Fener, they really had one chance. Uh, in the 54th minute, Lincoln would um, send a long ball into the box. Romain Seiss would kind of clumsily head the ball like, you know, clear slash head the ball out of the box, but he's falling back and maybe pulled down by Serdar Aziz, so if this resulted in a different outcome, they might have looked at that and deemed it a foul on Serdar Aziz, so it wouldn't have counted, but sure enough, it didn't really matter in the end anyway. It drops to Zalai, who's up there, and he, like, I mean, kind of cleverly turns and steers it towards goal, but it's wide, and so we're still level. And that's really it. Um, 70th, I mean, for this spell of supposed dominance for Fenner, that is. In the 71st minute, we finally get some subs. Uh, sorry, no, the 70th minute, they sub in Bright Osai Samuel for Irfan John Kaveji, Mert Hakan Yandash for Miguel Crespo, and Michi Batshuayi for Joao Pedro. Bit of a boo for him. Not enough of one, but I guess. We're not even that mad that he joined our, our rivals here, right? It's almost like he's done as a favor. Knock on wood! Um, and I'm joking. It's, that's weird. Uh, but yeah, we would also, just two minutes later, bring on Rashid Gazal for Dele Ali, Taifur Bingol for Jackson Muleka, Jetson Fernandes for Sally Uchan. And that, my friends, my loyal listeners, would be basically when the match would completely turn. And for a lot of like our real disgruntled fans, like, oh, we only played good for 10 minutes. I mean, even Jorge Jesus, you know, their coach, said that he said they dominated for 70 minutes. I, you know, I've countered with the facts here, but uh, he then said that we dominated the last 20 minutes. So he's giving us more credit than our own fans, which is ironic. But, you know, even though it's technically uh, a criticism of his own work as such. But so yeah, sure enough, we really did dominate from there on. Um, Rashid Ghazal, the first chance like would be created by him, um, sending, sending a ball into the path of Vout Veghorst, who I just think wasn't ready for that. He didn't. He hasn't played with Rashid Ghazal enough to know that he, he has that in his bag. But so yeah, sure, he just doesn't quite stretch out enough to get his foot onto the ball. But a, a great chance, he was onside too. Um, Jake Tosin comes on for Nathan Redmond, and um, yeah, again, it's a shame we don't have Nkuju. 
Um, so we're playing Jenks sort of on the wing. We, I think at this point we actually changed our formation with two guys up front, etc., etc. But yeah, that, I don't know if if we switch to his favored three four one two, you know, if or not. I don't think we did. <coughs> I think we just pulled the wings out and did the like whatever. Um, the result again though was pretty great. Um, next chance would be. Rosier in the 86th minute, fantastic dribble up the side of the, the right side of, our, of the pitch, sending in with a perfect cross into the path of Wout Weghorst, who heads it just wide. And it's like the spin on the ball is why it went wide. That's like it, it was the perfect opportunity, the perfect chance. It was everything we sort of been building up to, and it just you know. And, and supposedly Wout Weghorst has, has been really hard on himself for missing some of these chances here. Here, the next one, for example, in the 88th minute. So, by the way, Mishi Bachuai got himself a yellow card in the 83rd. Ezgyan Alyoshki comes on for Lincoln in the 84th. Umut Merash comes on for Arthur Masuaku in the 87th. And Diego Rossi comes on for Ferdi Cadiolo in the 87th as well. But yeah, so in the 88th minute, uh, Rashid Gazelle with a free kick, sort of deep on the right side, finds Vat Veghorst, who's I mean, pure, sublime, like, back of the head header catching everyone off guard Altai can hardly react and it bings off the post and like tantalizingly too like it wasn't like the complete wrong side of the post and you know went out of bounds or anything like it was like almost the inner inside and it bounces back in towards play like it was uh, oh come on like we were so we were really knocking on the door at this point and it was painful that we couldn't get that goal and to compound our misery in the 92nd minute, again a free, cut, free kick from Gazelle, this time on the opposite side, finds again the head of Taifur Bingol. This one was closer uh, to the goal area. Um, and Taifur, with some force, sends it on goal, but it's saved with relative ease by a well-positioned Altai Bayander. That's probably his, his strength as a keeper, his positioning. <coughs> no area that he really struggles. And he kind of like falls asleep at times, as we saw, you know, a couple of our near misses, he, he just didn't really react to it, but you know, whatever. I mean, I would say Erickson had a much better game than him. Uh, but anyhow, uh, that's like my petty analysis. 93rd minute, Jetson Fernandez with a sort of clumsy yellow card, although a bit of a professional foul. It could have, could have led to a break for them if he hadn't done it, so I don't think anyone is too mad about it. Stats. Game over, by the way. That's it. Nil-nil. The draw in the bag. Um, now, as far as the questions that we, we were sort of bringing into this one, could can anyone stop this Fenner side from scoring at least two goals? Well, the answer is yes. We did it. We did a very good job of defending. And for everyone who's griping and calling for heads to roll and everything like that because we played too conservatively or we weren't, like, we don't play the way Besiktas plays, like, whatever that means. I mean, if we're playing like this, then this is apparently how Besiktas plays, so I don't know. Sorry, folks, but we played really sound professional defense, and that's such an important thing, right? If you're like, that's the foundation to build on. Once you can prevent your opponents from scoring, it's not that hard to create one goal in the Super League. Look at Konya score last year. We have a lot more talent going forward than they do. If we can duplicate their ability to defend with our talent going forward, this can't not be a successful year for us.
is all I will say. But everybody is, I don't know if we're going to be able to get there because everyone is now, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie, folks. I almost didn't want to do this podcast this week and I almost even thought, you know what, let me just make an announcement and say, I'm taking a little break Um, because I saw so much negativity online. So many haters, so many people calling for Shenol Gunesh to come back, or even Sergey Yeltsin to come back, and it's like, I don't know, folks. Right now, there are four teams tied for first place with 17 points, and we have 15. We are two points off. You're gonna, you're gonna throw the whole season out, baby in the bathwater. Um, because we drew Fener by playing defensively. A Fener side that had been playing so impressively with their attack in football that advanced stats give them a 50% chance of winning the league based solely on just like nobody stopping them from scoring at least two goals. Right? And so not only did we do it, we, I think we kind of built, we showed, we, we have a blueprint now. We showed the rest of the league how they can potentially do it. Um, you know, we were a little, like, early on, we were cagey. We a little rattled. We were clearing the ball, not really doing any building up, not really doing any countering. And, like, and let's look at our lineup for this match, right? It was not Erson's first derby, nor Valentin Rosier's, but it was Tayyip Talha Sanuch, who did grow into the game quite quickly in his defense. Roman Saiz, first derby. Arthur Masuaku, First derby. So three out of four guys on the back line were experiencing their first derby atmosphere. Sally Uchan and Joseph de Souza, not their first rodeo, right? <coughs> but for folks claiming, oh, you got to play Jed Zone over them, th- that's probably why you don't, right? You want that kind of derby experience, especially guys who hate Fenair to their bones the way those two both do. So there's a little bit of logic for, you know, some of the things people might have been able to pick apart about Ismail's approach here. Um, Jackson Uleka, Dele Ali, Nathan Redmond, Wout Veghorst, all of them experiencing their first derby atmosphere in Vodafone Park. It's a lot. It's gonna, it, it, the reason I think that, especially like very early on, we were a little bit sort of shaky, I think that's a huge contributor. Seven of our starters experiencing their first derby. I mean, it's under their belt now, right? Like, we don't have that excuse next time, but it's quite a thing to experience that volume and just to see that much color in the stands, all these people, all this, like, uh, activity. So, you know, that, 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 that maybe contributed to the slow start, if we're looking for reasons. I don't think uh, it was anything that, I don't think Ismail was like, don't try counter-attacking. I don't, you know, I don't think he's saying, like, make stupid clearances and, and don't try passing to anyone. I, don't, I really doubt that was his uh, advice. I mean, maybe he said, if you're feeling a little panicked, right? If you, like, don't, don't, don't do anything stupid. Certainly, like, your first, first, if you, if you have no idea what to do, clear it out. But, you know, if you're in a little space, you know, be a little more thoughtful. You know, I'm, I'm sure, like, I, I truly doubt that Valeria Ismail, like, set the team out to not pass the ball like that doesn't seem very logical but so I don't know I don't really know what like 
the major criticisms could be, but we certainly shut down a very good attacking side pretty completely, to be honest. Like, we had way more opportunities than them, even. So, there's that. If you're counting, again, write the highlights, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven for Besiktas. Two, one, two, three, four that I, that I relayed, R-E, Fenerbahce, right? So, like, a huge advantage for us, to be honest. We deserve the match. If you don't believe me, let's look at some advanced stats. XG, point nine. Six to their point six four. So we just about earned a goal, whereas they didn't. Weren't quite there. Uh, we had nine shots to their eight. Two big chances to their one. Two big chances missed to their one. Um, passing, which is about even. 74% to our 73%. They completed more passes. 310 to our 271. Because they had a little bit more of the ball. 53% our 48%. That doesn't even work mathematically. It'd be 52 to our 48. <coughs> so, we were offside seven times to their four, showing a lot of intent and some poor refereeing. I think twice, I remember in the first half, Muleka not being off didn't result in anything major, so I didn't feel like complaining too much, but it did happen. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Is the complaint that we need to have more possession? We had more chances against a much more inform attacking side. And I, I don't. I, the criticism for me, like to some extent, yeah, you, you could you could be critical of the players for for like feeling like they're they they were not big enough for the match for playing a little meek for a stretch. I don't think that that was the tactic was to, to be meek, but that doesn't even make sense. How do you instruct your players to be meek? What, what is what is Valerian Ismail telling them? That, like that doesn't I don't I don't I don't know what people are complaining about. And then again, the way we, we grew into this match and actually ended up fairly dominant, I, I especially don't get it. And then you look at like the big chance at the end, which was um, you know Rosier finding Veghorst advancing like it's like one on one essentially. And Vagor screws it up. That's why he's being so hard on himself. Valerian Ismail pulled him aside and said, don't be hard on yourself. These things happen, right? And they do. It's not like anyone's like, oh, we should get rid of Veghorst. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like our fans, they, you almost lost me, fans. Uh, not as a Besiktas fan. I'll never not be a Besiktas fan. I don't think my loyalty could be doubted having done 247 episodes of a podcast dedicated to this club. Basically for a small segment of our fans who, who don't have access to, you know, Turkish media or whatever, don't understand it or you know, whatever it might be. So, I just, like, for me, the negativity among our fans is, is uh, I don't know, it's, it's bizarre. I know everyone's got like certain agendas. Oh, I need like you know people love Chanel Gounesh or you know whoever it is. They 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 need to see having a job. Or, you know, but I, I don't get it. We're two points out of first place. Um, 
We're not playing the most impressive attacking football, but we are playing quite impressive defensive football. And I don't think that's negative. You know, people are like, oh, that's not Besiktas. Like, I think it's quite a thing to be a good defensive side. And if you look at our ability on paper going forward, it's hard to imagine us not figuring things out. I mean, we literally, like, haven't had the whole unit out there at the same time healthy yet. So can we just relax, folks? Like, that's maybe why we've struggled to, to find consistency up front. Have you considered that? We have not seen our best four attacking players on the pitch at the same time once. Calm down, folks. It's annoying. We don't have to have civil war every time there's even something remotely negative that happens to us. Shut up. God, it's just childish and annoying. Like, we don't have to create our own controversy every week because you miss Chanel Gunesh. We all love those great times we had back then. It was a lovely time. We won two championships in a row. It's done. And I'm done. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles Podcast, one word. Let's go, Bessie. Honestly, if you don't agree, if you want to see us fail so that you can get your favorite coach in instead, or if you want to undermine our whole season because you're like a little bit, you know, a little displeased about one aspect of something, despite not even wanting to recognize all the other aspects that go into a successful side. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know if you need football in your life. Like therapy first. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.